I'm delighted to be here. I don't, I don't, uh, I'm not sure when I, where my last RBA lecture was. It must have been a quite a long time ago. Uh, Doreen, thank you very much on behalf of the trust to invite me uh, to give a lecture tonight. And uh, I'd like to thank the RBA as well um, for the award. I really did not expect it. Um, I'll stand for a while, but if I'm a bit wobbly, I'll sit down eventually. Um, I actually wanted to sit down on the, on the, there, but they wouldn't let me. Um, <laughs> they thought that can't, people can't see me or something. I'm just showing these a kind of news, um, a show which just opened in Philadelphia on design, which shows only furniture uh, and objects, which was reviewed, uh, I'm not sure in the European version of music, but definitely in the American one. So it's only furniture, there's no drawings, no, it's all the kind of the tables, some of the uh, object pieces which we done for various manufacturers and uh, prototypes. And the interior is all an environment which is about uh, topography and landscape. And it's just, you know, part of the work about making an internal environment. There's a, another project which opens next week. So this one opened last week, this opened next week, uh, which is a, a kind of showroom uh, for rock bathroom manufacturer in uh, Spain, in Chelsea Harbor, which is also about fluid morphology. Uh, we had tried for a very long time to what we call achieve fluid, uh, total fluidity uh, from very small objects like, uh, you know, uh, furniture to small projects like maybe train stations or houses uh, to larger objects or buildings uh, to a complete fluid um, kind of master planning like at the end there for Istanbul. So it's at all scales. Uh, I, will, I will do the lecture based on kind of maybe some themes which concern some of the projects we're doing now, conceptual morphologies, uh, aggregates, clusters, and jigsaws, showing um, some of the kind of early work, um, a hotel and a project in Guadalajara, the Cincinnati Art Center, which is also about clusters and uh, nesting, so uh, project nesting with each other or furniture, which could also nest together. So nest, nesting, it could be other programs which nest together, or the same program which kind of clusters, uh, clusters together. And the next theme is lines and bundles and networks, which is uh, maybe more linear projects, or like the Rome project, the Valamran project, uh, some of the bridges, some, more, some of it infrastructure, some of it uh, like a museums. And this is a bridge which, uh, can you go back? Uh, the bridge on the corner is open a year ago in Abu Dhabi, the third crossing connecting Abu Dhabi to Dubai. Landscape and topography, which was uh, something which we worked on now for uh, almost 20 years. Uh, the Islamic Museum in Qatar, various other museums, um, uh, opera houses, interior scape, like the Wolfsburg project, uh, different museums in Spain, uh, the early sketches for the Islamic Museum, which was then in, translated into the project in Rome, where uh, striated lines uh, converged together to form one single space, or the, uh, the library in Quebec. 
Next. Uh, folding envelopes, waving uh, shells and domes. Um, the Salerno uh, ferry terminal, uh, the kind of the icicles of the uh, stations in Innsbruck, um, a poor project, and uh, the early, very early sketch of a project for the Guggenheim in Japan. This is the project for uh, stations in, um, in Innsbruck, which is like four stations up the mountain, where you know the idea was to make a station of a, of a fieldwood form. The, top, uh, the upper uh, structure is in steel cladded in glass. The lower structure is in concrete. Um, this is kind of uh, a, 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 a line of stations going up the mountain where there wasn't one. There was another one uh, which went not so high up. And the idea to kind of make it in glass almost like an icicle, like a glass structure, so when it is snowing, it will almost com converge with the landscape. These are various projects from a pavilion in Chicago, a museum for the sciences, and the top, this is another project in Budapest. The top project is for kind of a complete, um, let's say, field made of topography of various buildings connected together for a company called Soha China in Beijing. There's a really enormous site and the idea how to be able to break the mass and to do a, a project which is not, which is high density, but it's not low, it's not kind of a series of towers unlike many of the projects in Beijing. The pavilion for Chanel, which uh, uh, traveled from New York to Japan to Hong Kong, uh, was supposed to come down to London, but it never made it. Um, it now, now it's now resting uh, finally outside the Institut du Monde Arabe in Paris uh, with a show of ours, actually, not a show on, on Chanel. So it, it became a kind of a, a, um, an exhibition space. And it's another kind of environment which we did to provide for uh, the show, the fields. These are, this is an early field where looking at the rooftops of London, I see Brian Massey is here who worked with me in my kitchen uh, 25 years ago. Um, then the car park, now can you go back please? The car park in, Mar in uh, Montpellier. No, no, sorry, in Strasbourg. Um, the master plans for uh, Bilbao, a uh, flock of towers in Beijing and the massive in Singapore, which is already, some of it has been built, and uh, Istanbul. These are more of the master plans showing the Singapore, where some of the field is now already occupied by, other, by building, which is about also the idea of the field and topography uh, combined, and then there's a, the idea that there will be three hubs, and each hub has a, it's all about technology uh, companies and and research, uh, one which is a flock of towers for Beijing, and um, you know the Istanbul, a detail of the Istanbul master plan, uh, enveloping an existing quarry on the site. Uh, this is an industrial site which is on the Asian side of, of, of uh, Istanbul, but uh, it's already very central, very close to all the uh, the Marmara Islands, Marmara Islands. And, uh, and uh, also um, Bilbao. The, the, the kind of the, the flock or the 
that kind of uh, these appear in an installation for an exhibition in Padova. So these ideas could be translated from one scale to another to kind of so sometimes test some of these ideas. Next, please. So I can go now in more detail in the aggregates, clusters, and jigsaws. I start with the schools, the kind of a short film. This is a site which, um, when I first went to see it, was a, was a, a kind of a garbage dump um, across from a very uh, small park. And the idea to combine four schools into one, uh, one school. So that you can see now the classroom with the transparency of all the doors. So you can always see through that the, it allows the movement in the corridors to see through the classrooms. Uh, the input of a kind of a, a playing field, a running track, and also as many as possible of spill out spaces in the school so that kids can spill out or play ping pong or, or cluster within platforms above this. There's a kind of a bridge when you can come out of the classroom. So this shows the, the different spaces. At the end is the kind of sport uh, facilities, uh, like a gymnasium. All the different, all the different levels. This is kind of, in a way, is a very dense program on a quite a small uh, side, but a very dense side. And by intensifying and densifying this, this, this program, you immediately kind of make it kind of much more urbanized as kind of the urban, the urban fabric. Next, please. So again, this is when the kids are already out. Showing the two of the clusters. This is the other cluster on the other side where the two, so the, each cluster is almost shown through this kind of, you can read them uh, externally. With the running track running through, like a, the building becomes a bridge, and on this side is a kind of a spit, another spit outside. And the also interesting thing about the interior is that you can see from one space, and we'll show it later, one space to the other, so the building kind of curves on the side, uh, and there are two kind of entrances. Uh, where is the right here? Okay, I don't want an accident with the glass. Roger is a, a great help to me uh, most of the time. And I took him once to Spain, he's coming. Uh, and and the whole there was a big lunch in Bilbao with all the you know clients and everything, and they kept on talking to him, but they called him Royer, and he just did not respond, and 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 I finally had to kind of do eye movements at him, and, and they're saying they're talking to you, but the poor guy next to him thought I was making faces at him, <laughs> and he still didn't understand what I was, he still didn't follow the fact that. His name in Spanish is Royer. Anyway. That's Roger. Uh, he's a tremendous help. I should introduce members of the office now. Um, Patrick is in the back, who is uh, our, uh, what I always call our secret, secret weapon. Uh, um, he's a partner in the office and he's a, a incredible uh, and a great designer. Uh, I'm not sure who else is in the office. Maybe they don't know about the lecture. Um, they don't communicate well on these uh, levels. And Lars, who is a, 
project architect for the school is here in the kind of front row. I don't know who else is there, and I'm not going to ask them to put hands up, but uh, um, since I don't know a lot of them. Um, <laughs> I only have a favorite 2050 who I whip constantly. They, 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 I love them and hate them sort of thing. <laughs> they don't think they're blessed. They are, they complain all the time. Um, anyway, Patrick is not going to like what I'm saying, anyhow. Um, so this is kind of the, the, the common hall, which is also uh, the dining room, with windows out to the outside. And the idea, of course, I think one forgets the agenda of modernism, which was always to bring in light and uh, space to, to school, where you know, people think, oh, you know, people using glass. One should not use glass. And uh, uh, but it's not because of the glass. The glass can have brought in light. But what is nice is that you can see from these buildings, on the, you can see two spaces together, and you can see through the classrooms. And can, then you can look down, you can see all the way down to, the, to the, their playground and out to the park and to their, to their running track. These are kind of, you know, on the staircase, all the circulation through the building, the lighting, the walls to the classrooms, all the different classrooms when they cluster outside on the platform, which is, so there are different areas where they can, you know, they can be kind of outdoors. And this kind of level of complexity in the way we clustered the project allows you to kind of have these different spaces, whether indoors or outdoors, again, seeing through the building and, and out. So you see itself and outside. Next. There's another project which is not open yet. It's still on site, which is the uh, project in Montpellier, where there are, and again, it's about clusters, which is uh, three departments in the, in the uh, whatever, the, in the region. One is a very big archive, a library, and part of the, uh, that these buildings there is a kind of, uh, which is pulled out is a, um, uh, as a uh, auditorium. Um, part of the sport, kind of not sports, but sport uh, facility or offices are there, the interiors. So the idea that you form these kind of, um, what they call pier, which is like rocks, and the rock cluster together, and the, and the erosion between the rocks uh, are, are all the public areas, so the lobbies and uh, the space between the, these clusters. Uh, this opens in a year's time. Uh, all the kind of, all this concrete was kind of form work done on site. And um, that's, that's all Patrick decided to show you. Um, uh, for the moment. There's another kind of cluster of rooms. This is a, a weird house in Moscow. Um, uh, it's a, a punishment to the client. He lives downstairs, but he sleeps upstairs. <laughs> so, um, well, but the only brief we had was that he bought a site on a forest, but if he sits downstairs, he cannot see the treetops. So it's a house which is like a treetop. Um, 
I have a I have a pet hate in the office called Helmut, and uh, was worked on this project, and I was always hoping that when he goes up there, does something wrong, he'd end up on the top there. Um, <laughs> so this is also all a concrete a house, uh, but it's all cladded in kind of um, different materials. Not it's not in building concrete in situ. And there's a kind of all kind of other concrete fiberglass or many of these materials which are we're using now in many one of so most of these really kind of um, complex forms uh, projects. So the client either has to go by lift or has to run up and down uh, continuously. Uh, lines and networks is a, the Rome project, which is about a lot of uh, really, um, lines which uh, cross uh, like a river or a delta. And the idea is kind of really, because the site was a military site. Originally it was built as a, as a um, factory in 1904, and then it became a, a military site. And there was a moment, a fantastic moment, in a way, in, 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 uh, where Veltroni um, negotiated uh, the sale of the site from the military, from military base to uh, a program for culture. Uh, Etili did not have a contemporary art center at the time. There was no institution. And so that either site and the institution came together. So these sites, this, the idea that the lines constantly uh, cross each other and at first, to form these different specialities and also eventually to kind of really become the structure where it mobilizes the building. Uh, the lines in, became interpreted as the louvers on the ceiling to allow light to filter through the building. So it's a museum was a completely natural uh, light in most spaces. And then the spaces which come between all these, uh, uh, let's say, confluence of lines are the kind of large, tall spaces which also have all the circulation and, and, and staircases. An infrastructure project, the bridge of uh, Abu Dhabi, where the structure is concrete and the deck is in metal. So the top part is metal, the lower part is eight lanes. And that was very early, it was done more than 12 years ago, the idea that the structure is like a dune, so it starts at almost nothing and it builds up to form the arches of the bridge. Another cluster, the towers, uh, there was a signature of Dubai, which is now on hold. So three skyscrapers, these are all the kind of some research. We've done all the towers uh, and uh, projects. One of them is a project in Marseille uh, for the headquarters of uh, a shipping company. So when you travel on the motorway, you only see a very uh, thin edge. And as you approach it, uh, like a, in a way, almost like a book, uh, it becomes, uh, you see the other side, like a, a tower slab. And when you see it against the kind of landscape of the city, uh, try, so there are two parts. One which is uh, just goes straight up, and the other one uh, connects to the lower part, which becomes uh, like a kind of a like a stretch. So the, where we did a lot of study on how 
a tower can flare up, not at the top, but at the bottom, to, conform, to form almost like a skirt where the lobby has become larger. And in this case, there is a kind of an institute at the back, the car parking and education facilities for trainees uh, on, the, on the back uh, side. This hasn't opened yet. In the lobby area. Um, the structure also flares up as you uh, and come straight as you move through the building. Uh, some of the interiors. This is under the bridge going through that curved glass to the adjacent building, which is a cafeteria and training facility. Some of those are really very clean office spaces. And of course, the view of the harbor and the motorway when the car all coming through in, in through the building, it's rather interesting. And how it sits in the landscape of Marseille. This opens when Sarkozy wishes to go to Marseille. And we don't know when that is. I, I tried to tell the client, maybe you should do one opening to Sarkozy and one for myself. And I don't think that went down too well. Well, not to me, but to my, to my guests. Uh, this is a transport museum in, in Glasgow, where it sits on the two rivers. And the idea that it's like a, almost like a third river, which we're echoing the, uh, some of the sheds which are uh, on the Clyde. And so it's almost a, like a melted a fluid shed. Uh, you know, most of the uh, these most of these kind of ship um, sheds were built building ships, and also somewhere else building trains. And these tra ships took all these trains to all sorts of places like South Africa and so on. So these were some of them were brought back to be shown in the museum. The landscape of the roofs, so the combination of the fluid form, like another river, and and the landscape of the roof. And the, the idea for this project was that everything which needs to be put structure-wise is in with the, the kind of the waffle of the, the, the space of, this, of the walls and the, and the roof. So it is a seamless, a seamless kind of structure. And, and, and these are shows that bicycles, it's a mode of transportation, uh, suspended in the ceiling, all the cars of the periods are cantilevered of the walls. So the walls are quite heavy to, to be able to kind of really uh, support the structure of all these um, vehicles and train stations and trains and so on. Like a, it's like a really curved station. It's like a shed. And the front, of course, is always uh, is clear with a view to the river. So the lines on the ceiling also is, is like some of the drawings we did where the lines of the lighting meets the edge of that uh, ceiling. And you see the, the way that it moves on the, on the side. The aquatic center, um, without its current wings, when it's, they are taken away. Uh, this is the 
They show the structure best because there's nothing, you know, near it or underneath it. You can see the stadium beyond it. Uh, the roof, which rests basically on at one point on two points and another, uh, like a, another one on another point. So it's like almost like a, a bridge. Uh, this this project needed uh, 17,000 seats. Uh, the uh, legacy mode is only for five. So we had to add these uh, pieces on the side. There was always going to be temporary structure on the sides of the building. So therefore, you could not have structure landing anywhere um, within that space. So you can have clear view uh, from the stands. Some of the cladding, which is on the exterior and the interior of the building, which is in wood. The glass eventually coming, meeting the outside. And there's a kind of a, almost like a, a kind of landscape platform where people can kind of spill out. This is a real uh, project and you can see through. Some of these kind of staircases, all glass handrails and metal. The interior of the pool with the stand, which will, the, some of them will of course remain as part of a permanent part of the pool and the ones on the top will go away. But I think in the interior now, even the temporary stands are actually rather nice because they bring in color and, and light. These are permanent structure. The structure, you can see with that a white piece over there, that's where the, the glass will go eventually all the way around the building. So if you are swimming in the pool, you're almost under like a belly of a, a fish or whale or whatever. The, the, the precast concrete diving boards. With stainless steel uh, metal handrails. This is the training pool, which is under the existing bridge. So there's a training pool for all the swimmers and the divers and the swimmers with, the, with kind of a waffle slab with lights coming through the floor the roof with all the light coming, natural light coming through. Another shell, which is a Salerno a ferry channel. This has been in the making for many years. Um, in southern Italy, they are massaging the concrete for perfection. So it's another shell structure where it's a very simple diagram. It's like in and out from the, from the older ships. One ram, also on site. Uh, the slits for the lighting, also also an in situ concrete. This is the ram which brings you in from the boat and out. And last for topography, the Gonjao Opera House, which was uh, about two uh, two pebbles or rocks. You can see it from above. I'm not sure you can see that from the TV's tower or the Chris Wilkinson tower. The two pebbles, the two rocks uh, on the Pearl River. Uh, one is black on the outside, but white on the inside, and one is white on the outside, black on the inside, which is kind of multi-purpose hall. It's part of a very large new park. When I first went to the side, there was nothing else. I mean, there was no building, but there was no other tower, no nothing. It's a, a kind of like a, a, a cage, 
Some of it is cladded with the with their tile, with their marble tile, and some of it is just glazing, like a mesh. So the transparent mesh uh, brings in light to the interior. We're all kind of moving through the building. This is the uh, main auditorium. Uh, this is a, also precast like a plaster, uh, which is also makes it possible to, uh, uh, in a vacuum formed, uh, and, and kind of a gold uh, paint, where all the lighting, all the air conditioning, all the sound comes from these walls, including all the tiers for the balconies, uh, the main stage. Uh, the, all the rehearsal rooms, and then with the folded with the, for the lighting and the acoustics, the dance studios, and then you go out to go to uh, the second auditorium, the purpose, the multi-purpose hall, which is black on the interior. And this part of the opening night with Akram Khan performance. Uh, in the auditorium. Um, all the opera houses and performance spaces. Uh, the project for Rabat, a performance center. Uh, another one, a performance opera house in Jordan, which is like a, a kind of a, almost like a rock. Uh, which has been carved away like uh, Petra, so the interior has uh, been eroded and allows you to also have within the building two uh, spaces of performance and one which is almost like in the lobby where it's almost like a, an outdoor auditorium. We made many studies of all the different interiors of all these projects for uh, the interiors. This is a project for in Baku, which are basically three which is a totally seamless project where the, the cladding of the building seamlessly meets the cladding of the entire landscape. And it's, it's like almost three mountains uh, forming different buildings. So they, they meet in the lobby, uh, a uh, performance space, uh, like a, a theater, a library, and a museum. So there's been also another kind of also commission of, of a kind of a Fluid morphology combined with a cluster, but it's interpreted in, in a different way. So the mount, the, the, each of the hills is a different program. And then the landscape cascades all the way down to the bottom as a kind of a park. So this shows the kind of an area of the lobby of all the different facilities. Uh, the interior of the theater is all a laminated uh, wood. And also seamless, it's like one material for the whole space. The ramp taking you to different parts of the building. I don't know whether Safat is here. We have a lovely guy in the office who's Turkish. 
who worked on this project with a very nice team of kids. I have to say that there are some really incredibly talented people in the office, and um, they work diligently, and um, who have some of them been with me for a long time. Jim, who worked on the pool. Uh, Chris has who did the Willsburg project, which I have not shown, Safed, and many others. Uh, there are lots of them. This is the auditorium, the Lama Edward. Many of this, these people who are from the office come, well, he came from UCLA, but um, come from the AA, uh, the graduate school, or from my, some of them are students of mine in Vienna. And many others come from, from all over the world, and uh, they're a great addition to the office. So this is kind of laminated wood, which were done in Istanbul, in Turkey, not Istanbul, but in Turkey. Fields. Uh, this is a project we're doing for a university building in, in Saudi Arabia, a research center, rather, part of the university. And the idea kind of to, uh, to have a kind of a field project, and this is on site. The Petroleum Research uh, a Project, which is kind of on site from an aerial view of the, all the different. So it's a project of field and cluster, uh, where all these kind of pieces uh, are thrown on the site uh, almost, almost randomly, but they cluster together to form one single building, like a campus, with some of the areas in between are made not of solids, but are kind of really done by uh, Dewa and also Lars was here. Um, I'm not sure Dewa was here or not. Some of these kind of interiors were spaces for prayer, where it allows kind of mesh like exterior to allow the light to filter throughout the building. And then I go, that opens maybe in a year or two. Um, then I go to China, um, the Galaxy Soho. We had worked with the Soho China on the field of like a, of towers a few years ago. Um, and um, we came back to work on this project for, for them, which is an enormous site. I don't know the dimensions, but it's like a, bigger than a, a football field, um, much bigger. And the idea to how to really break the mass and at the same time have a series of towers or buildings which then through topography uh, connect together. So they can always connect it together through these uh, bridges which, uh, that each field is connected, each layer is connected uh, together. So this is um, seen from below. And Soho China, the concept is that you can, it's a multi kind of uh, purpose so that you have uh, commercial facilities, you have offices, and sometimes housing, but this is mostly offices and uh, commerce, and you can actually occupy these buildings in respect to where, yeah, so you could only have residential on the ground. This is the showroom for Galaxy Soho China, and uh, using similar ideas of the building, which is fluid form on the interior, all uh, almost precast or pre made in some private glass. The striated exterior is like a, like a almost building a model like a, 
kind of uh, a hill and seeing out and this is in the kind of the, the uh, business district in Beijing. Another product for Posoha China, which had three towers. Next. There. Another showroom. Patrick, we have to move fast. They're giving me signs to speed up. Another Soho China project in Shanghai. And this is a project we just won in, uh, for a car park in Miami. Um, it's kind of a, a car park Guggenheim. Um, <laughs> you know, they have the, kind of the best weather, the best view with cars. And the interior is transparent, so it brings in light always to the, to the car park uh, with glass uh, elevators. So it kind of projects out onto the street. And there's a site uh, opposite it, which is for a commercial building, which we might eventually, they might do, which connects them together. Next. That's it. Thank you very much. Well, that was an absolutely amazing lecture. How inspirational. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start off with a few questions and then we have about um, 15, 20 minutes to throw open to the audience. So we would like to see a lot of questions coming. But I mean, a couple of the initial things um, that strike me. Um, do you ever build a design a building that isn't all curved? Do you have any, any corners? Oh, well, the school is not curved. Um, no, I mean, I don't think it's about curvature. I mean, we try to really also uh, try out to, you know, see how uh, the intrigue was kind of how to build complex geometry and, uh, and uh, soft morphology and for a variety of reasons. And, but it's not about curvature, it's really about how you can invent a new environment with an external or internal. Well, it was really about also achieving fluid, a fluid, sort of fluidity on every level, kind of whether it's a kind of soft grid or it's a, 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 you know, a building which has a different kind of floor plate or um, the juxtaposition of different spaces allowing different adjacencies. It's more really like that. Yeah, that's very interesting. When you're building, say, in China, is it very difficult to get the contractors there to actually build your projects? Because they won't have ever done anything like that before. Um, I, don't, I don't think so. I mean, I think, you know, I mean, in China, I think there's a learning curve and learn a lot. And, you know, maybe you would find that the work they were doing 10 years ago, even a few years ago, was had less perfection uh, than it is now. I think now you can achieve better results. And you must travel an awful lot, clearly, going to all these different places. Is, how, how uh, I think it's the one part which is very difficult, uh, is the travel, for all of us. I mean, we all have to travel, the whole office, not everybody, but... Most people in the office, uh, team leaders, all have to travel all the time. And um, I would think it's, it's quite, that is 
difficult. Some people enjoy it. I mean, I have guys like Niels who can fly to India, come back for one day and go to Nanjing and then fly back and go to Australia. I mean, you know, it doesn't bother him. Um, you know, he quite likes it. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> you know Pat, Patrick goes places for one day. Um, you know, he's clearly got a good I can't, team. I can't well. do. I can't. I used to do these silly things before. Uh, I don't do them anymore. <laughs> I used to fly to Japan for two days and give give a talk and come back and go to Copenhagen. Um, yeah, so. A hectic lifestyle, no doubt. And you've got a very good team. Tell me, do your team in your office, do they need much training in? Does it take three years training to do as a Hadid building? Well, they come sometimes uh, pre-trained. Uh, <laughs> Is this possible? Uh, can Patrick come over to the front, please? Patrick, come down here. I want to ask you a question. <laughs> and they're pre-trained because Patrick teaches at the AA. Uh, he's uh, one of the co-directors of the program. And uh, so that's one. And I teach in Vienna, so... That's another one. Is it, is it difficult to, to train people into this whole new way? This is, this is what fascinates me, like for, for students as well. 50 years ago, you learned your craft once, and then you have it for the rest of your life. And now uh, there's a continuous development of the design tools, design media, and that puts an extra burden on uh, young architects, but also on the continuous development of your skill levels within the older architects. And actually, often the younger come in with fresher and more developed skills from the AA, and that continuously feeds and advances the, the work. Mm. But of course, there's only one level, the, the, the design level. On the other hand, of course, there's, there's so much complexity in, in handling the construction side of things and the management side of things. And that is a long, uh, you can't learn that in, at mm. school, of course. When you're designing buildings from the early stage, are you under great pressure to do different, something completely different each time? Well, I don't I think everybody is. I am under pressure to do that. Uh, but of course, you know, it's not a kind of a cookie jar. You know, I think that, as you can see, that there are, there are products which have a kind of similarity and they're part of the same family. Uh, and 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 uh, so it's not you know you can't invent the wheel every time. Also, you know, uh, over time, you kind of learn from your own repertoire, and you have to improve and enhance your repertoire. So it's not that you know one day I'll do this and the next day I do the other thing. Um, you know, uh, so I think that you do a dip. I mean, over time things begin to change, and you learn from one and it impacts on the next project. But I would say there are in groupings or families, these projects. Mm. Okay, um, I believe there are a few questions from the floor, so please put your hand up. We've got a couple of people with microphones. And, I, and I'll take maybe two or time, or can we have some more hands, please? Good. Okay, we'll have one up there, followed by this person down here, please. If you just state your name, please. Yes, my name is Simone Degel. I'm director of architectural drawing designs. I'm a great admirer of your work, and in fact, I love the way that you have evolved, and in doing so, have developed a language of architecture that speaks with an effervescent voice of perfect, 
authenticity. How does it feel to win the 2011 RIBA Sterling Prize, one for Evelyn Grace Academy in Brixton in the south of London, and two for the second conservative year running? Well, I wasn't expecting it, so I was very excited uh, to, I think particularly for the school, uh, because I really, myself, uh, that's why I still teach, I really believe in education. Uh, I think it is a very important um, program uh, to inspire, inspire kids. Uh, I, from my personal experience, uh, through education and through uh, mother and Baghdad or here in London, uh, the inspiration I had from you know my peers was enormous, and uh, and and I think that these things should be available to everybody. And I think for a, a, a school which an area which had no that particular area had no school to combine four schools and to inspire kids because I think that I don't want to go into the whole societal issues of, of uh, uh, education, uh, but I think it's clear if you inspire kids they and empower them with knowledge, I think they can face life in a different kind of way. And, and I think it's very important, especially in this country, to do that. Um, and I, I admire the you know, ARC for investing money in these programs, and the government at the time uh, to also invest in these schools. So it was very, very, very important for me. Um, as I said, I wasn't expecting it, and I'm really thrilled to receive um, twice in a row, considering I applied for it many other times. <laughs> so I think it was very, very nice. Uh, I was really thrilled also last year when I got for Maxi because it's a project which had been, been working on for such a long time. And it, 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 it's something which was very uh, close to my heart. So I think these two, but I think the school was, a, I'm sure they are, the kids are very excited uh, because, you know, they, they would feel part of the whole uh, system that, that, you know, something which they uh, work and, and they go to all day, uh, something which is appreciated. And I think they should be build more of these schools. I mean, I actually think, you know, whether it's housing or schooling or hospitals, uh, the, the exterior landscape, um, a very important component of making, uh, the making of civil society. Uh, you know, and I think it's very important, of course, to build cultural buildings. Uh, but I think it's really all about, you know, being, having, you know, of well-being and uh, that people feel good, work well, live well within an environment. Um, and I think that there could be quite basic things, uh, but also there could be quite wonderful stuff. It doesn't depend on the scale of the cost. That, you know, I think that these things do help people. We have another question, this chap in the red t-shirt. Hi, I'm Robin. I'm studying architecture first year at Kingston University. Um, as we can see, architecture is uh, inspired by fluid forms. But could you give some examples of where you gather your inspiration? Is it like milk or water? Or do you intend studies in what kind of things? Well, I mean, I think that, uh, let's say, for the landscape topography, the original inspiration was landscape. Uh, we were doing a project, um, maybe more than 20, two projects simultaneously, uh, 20 years ago, and uh, one in Dusseldorf and one in um, in Cologne, and one was a com there were both competitions, and uh, we won one of them, which was in the, the Dusseldorf project. Uh, 
And the idea was how, uh, one, one original idea came as to how uh, move seamlessly from a side which was, which was basically a shed uh, which blocked the river from the street. And how to kind of, uh, the invention of the oblique, which is an oblique angle where you can uh, move smoothly from one side to the other. So that then, when we did the uh, project for the um, uh, Cologne, uh, we looked at kind of really land, uh, large scale buildings. And I looked at the idea of um, landmass. So I started with the idea of landmass or like kind of a gentle hill. You know, and the same with the Vailamran project. So the idea of a gentle hill. And then this interest in landscape went to, uh, you know, landscaping as terracing, landscaping as a hill, uh, erosion, um, you know, like uh, quarrying. Uh, I was always also inter interested in the carve, carving and peeling. So th these, these were the early, let's say, precedents for the work, you know, peeling the ground, uh, carving the ground, it came out also in other products uh, in Japan. And then we look at kind of really uh, uh, living forms, uh, like, uh, you know, whether sea life or, uh, you know, stuff like that. So it came from that idea, because I think that um, we've always tried uh, to emulate nature, and, and I think it is possible now uh, to kind of for make a, a, a sort of... Uh, not a real landscape, but a artificial landscape 